Hello. I hope you can all hear me. Today, as I have shared with you, we'll do a session on Vigyan Bhairav Tantra. Actually, I became interested in Vigyan Bhairav Tantra possibly in 2003-2004 after listening to Osho. I'm, I'm sure most of you are familiar with this. I got introduced to it through Osho's talks and then I was very quick enough to go and buy this book of secrets. I think this is one of the biggest books that I own. It has about 1100 pages and it must be about 3.5-4 kgs. So even when I have to read it, it's like it's a task to hold it in your hands and read it. But it's amazing. But before we speak about uh, Vigyan Bhairav Tantra, we cannot talk about that before talking about Kashmiri Shaivism. So let's start with uh, a little about Kashmiri Shaivism. In Kashmiri Shaivism, we all know that it's also called the Trika philosophy or uh, triad, where there are three characters. There is Shiv, there is Shakti and there is Jeeva. And uh, in Shaivism, what is said is that when I know who I am, then I am Shiva. But when I forget who I am, then I am Jeeva. So it's a, the Shiva only has become the Jeeva. Awakened Jeeva is Shiva and a sleeping Shiva is Jeeva, right? I will repeat that again. Awakened Jeeva or Nar or the bound, the bound individual is Shiva. When the individual becomes awakened, becomes Shiva. And when the Shiva is sleeping, it is known as Jeeva. There is also a story there which goes, they say there was there a Shiva Bhakt. And he used to do a lot of puja of Shiva, a lot of mantra jap. And one day he could hear the voice of the Shiva, you know, after a lot of sadhana and practice. And Shiva asked him, okay, my son, what is it that you want? And the man said, oh, I can only hear your voice. I would like to see you. That is what I want to do. So Shiva said, okay, fine, you will be able to see me. Tomorrow, look for the headless man. Look, where is the headless man? And I will be that headless man. And this Sadhak was very happy. He said, okay, fine. Now tomorrow I am going to see the headless man and I will meet Shiva finally. So next day, he just kept on looking at all the people, looking for that headless man. And he kept on looking here and there and everywhere and he could not find him anywhere. And then suddenly he looked down. You see, you can, we can all do that, right? If we just turn our neck down, head down. And he said, yes, here it is because none of us can see our own head, right? We can only see our body. We cannot see the head. So here is the headless man. I am the headless man. And then he was awakened. That was the Shiva. So that is, that is what is true in Kashmiri Shaivism. And then uh, there is a difference between, okay, Satya is saying, I have tried doing headless practice to practice awareness. Awesome. Very good. Now, most of us, a lot of people here are from Path of Knowledge, where we say that I am Brahman and rest all is illusion, right? Kashmiri Shaivism is very interesting. Okay. What do they say? There they say, I am Shiva. Right. I am aware of my own reality. And I have become the Jiva. And now I am enjoying this play. I am doing this play of Shiva becoming the Jiva. Uh, just to take it a little further. Uh, today, uh, Squishy had asked a question here. How do I... How do I kill prideful thinking? So I'll make it simpler. Let's say, how do I kill ego, right? In Vedant, what, are, what is the answer that we will give? That realize that it is an illusion. The ego does not exist, correct? But how would Kashmiri Shaivism answer the same question? That if you have to kill the ego, what is it that you need to do? How would Kashmiri Shaivism answer the same question? 
that how do I kill the ego. So here it says that the one, the ego is also Shiva and the one who is trying to kill is also Shiva. So both are Shiva and they are playing with each other. And now one can ask, but then if I am Shiva and I am trying only to kill the ego, Shiva ego, then why is it not getting killed? And there also they have a beautiful answer. They say, because you still want to play. You don't want to kill it, right? Because the moment you decide that you want to know, you want to kill it, you will be able to. But that's part of the play. You want to continue with this. So it's all Shiva. Shiva only playing with the Shiva. And then in Kashmiri Shaivism, there are these, uh, you know, uh, as I said, it's called as Trika philosophy. Uh, trika is triad. There is Shiva, Shakti and Jiva. And when the Shiva has become Jiva, that means the unlimited consciousness or the infinite consciousness has become the limited consciousness, how does it go back? How does the Jiva again become the Shiva? For which they have given three kinds of uh, solutions and they call them upaya, upaya, what we call practices or solutions. So again, I will share here that there are some books and some uh, philosophers who say there are three kinds and there are some who say four kinds. But more popular is the three kinds. So I'm going to share here with you three kinds. So three kinds of upayas. Shambhavapaya, Shaktopaya and Anavopaya. Shambhopaya is uh, for what they call as Uttam Adhikari. That means those who are just kind of close to being Shiva and with a very small, sometimes even just when the Guru says it and the disciple gets it. Okay, The final, just a very little effort. That comes under Shambhavapaya. Then Shaktopaya, which is more associated with Shakti, where uh, again there are certain... Here there are certain practices, but again the practices are very, very subtle. Uh, so which come in, now for the Shambhavapaya, there are 22 sutras. For the Shaktopaya, there are 10 sutras. And then there is Anavopaya. In Anavopaya, there are 46 sutras. And in Anavopaya come, you know, all the practices that we know of, right? Whether it is Lay Yoga or Kriya Yoga or Hat Yoga or any kinds of mantra jap, all of that, whenever there is something that needs to be done, it comes under Anavapaya. And this Vigyan Bhairav Tantra is also part of the Anavapaya. Actually, under Anavapaya, there is a there is a very, very rich text in Kashmiri Shaivism. There is a lot of material over there. So like, for example, in, uh, in Advait Vedanta, we talk about, you know, three methods. Shravan, Manan, Nididhyasan, right? Listening, contemplating and abiding. So that, that is all where it goes. Kashmiri Shaivism is like very, very vast. There is a lot of material over there. And again, there are so many other books, very beautiful uh, things there. And one of them is Vigyan Bhairav Tantra. Today, we'll talk about Vigyan Bhairav Tantra. And uh, since, as I said, I have come to know about it from Osho and I have this book of secrets. So I'm going to read some parts from the book and then we will discuss them because the way he has explained the way he has said you know like nobody can go beyond that so I would like to read some things from there now Vigyan Bhairav Tantra is actually a dialogue between Shiva and Parvati and here they say that Parvati is sitting on the lap of the Shiva and she is asking questions to him she wants to know his reality and Shiva is answering the questions, okay? And he has given 112 techniques so that she can know what is his reality. 112 techniques. And while these techniques have been given, God knows when, you know, it is, it is very ancient. As I said, the dialogue between Shiva and Parvati. But again, the fact is that um, they are very relevant. You know, they never get old. They are relevant at all times. So they are not ancient at all. Now, Vigyan Bhairav Tantra, as the name suggests, it is not intellectual. It is not philosophical. It is concerned with the method. The moment the word Tantra has come, 
Tantra means technique, the method. So it is not philosophical at all, right? It is not intellectual. It is not concerned with why of things. It is concerned with how. That is the main difference. It does not tell you why. It tells you how. Not with what is the truth. It does not even give you the answer what is the truth. It does not. It gives you a technique through which you can attain the truth. So this whole Vigyan Bhairav Tantra is actually very scientific. And when we say scientific, what does that mean? Because science is concerned with the how. And that is the basic difference between philosophy and science. So, you know, philosophy may ask or, you know, intellectually one may ask that, why is this existence? But the science says, how is this existence? How? And the moment you ask a question, how? It's a method. It's a technique. Here the theory becomes meaningless. Okay. There is no importance of this theory. Here, the central idea is the experience. It is about actually experiencing, becoming, not at all philosophical. And Tantra is not, you know, it does not require only one part of you to participate. Like for example, in philosophy, we may talk about that intellect or in the path of knowledge, it is about how intellectual or how uh, fine is your intellect which can get it. But in Tantra, the whole totality is required. You need to be present totally. It is a much, much deeper challenge. Okay, And these questions, while they can be tackled philosophically, so right, what Devi is asking Shiva, an intellectual answer can be given, but that is not what Shiva is doing. He is giving a technique. So for example, uh, you know, when we ask a question, somebody can ask a question, what is love? And we all know that uh, an answer can be given, right? Even on a path of knowledge, we can give a very good answer of what is love. But when we speak about Tantra, it does not believe in a definition of love or explanation of love. It is about, do you now know love? Have you experienced love? Because you can give an answer without having been in love at all. So that is very, very important over here. And to be in love is not easy. It's very dangerous. We all know that. Being in love means becoming vulnerable. Being in love means that you have to lose yourself. You are not there anymore. Being in love is existential. It is not philosophical at all. Here, Devi asks Shiva, What is your reality, my lord? And he does not answer. Okay, He gives her a technique. And he tells that if Devi will go through this technique, she will know the answer. The Devi asks, who am I? Again, Shiva does not answer the question who you are. No philosophy, no treatise, not at all. There is a technique, do it and you know. So for Tantra, doing is knowing. There is no knowing without doing. There is no knowing without you transforming yourself. It says... Answer can be given, but you have to change. You have to transform. You have to be someone who is not right now. So, for example, when a person asks, what is light? There's a very good example here. What is light? Now, a scientist or someone who knows what is light or a philosopher can give a very, very good answer of what is light. Right? But in Tantra... The understanding is that the moment you ask what is light, what does that tell us? That you are blind. You are blind. That's why you are asking the question. Otherwise, why would you ask what is light? So, Tantra is not going to give you any answer to what is light. Tantra will put you in an operation theater and it will start operating on your eye. So that your blindness can be removed and then you can get the insight, you can get, you can get that vision and you are able to see. Okay. That is the first thing about uh, Tantra. That it gives you a technique. The second important thing about uh, Tantra here is that it's a dialogue between Shiva and Devi. Devi is questioning and Shiva is answering. But 
it is not a dialogue between a teacher and a disciple now this is a very important thing to understand over here okay while shiva and parvati are talking parvati is not a disciple over here they are two lovers and in here and and you know when tantra says that uh, it's a dialogue between lovers it's a very meaningful it's it's very pregnant this particular statement because it, it's something very meaningful because the importance is not of what is being said it is about how it is being said it is about a very deep surrender which is there it is about a very deep love because there is something which cannot be expressed there is something which cannot be told but that can pass on between two lovers without being expressed without uh, without being uh, put into a particular philosophy so here there is no logic which is being used so what it means here is when the disciple becomes one with the master when the guru and the shishya become one right uh, the shishya is in love with the master there is a total surrender that is and then when this particular technique it just works like magic over there okay so that is the thing about here it is in love language so vigyan bhairav tantra is actually a technique of going beyond consciousness if we get into the words vigyan means consciousness you know earlier i used to think vigyan means science because that is the way we do it right so it is the science of going beyond consciousness but actually vigyan means consciousness bhairav means the state which is beyond consciousness so vigyan is consciousness bhairav is a state which is beyond consciousness and that is why we called uh, shiva also bhairav and tantra means method so the method here is what does it mean it is the method of going beyond consciousness vigyan bhairav tantra tantra says that you know even unconscious and conscious are in duality if you see all other uh, methods are associated about going from unconscious to the conscious you become conscious you become aware but tantra is all about going even beyond conscious so it is saying unless you move beyond bo- both you can never reach the ultimate so it is not it is neither unconscious nor the unconscious it is just about going beyond that is the uh, meaning of uh, vigyan bhairav tantra so what we will do now is there are uh, 112 techniques as i said in vigyan bhairav tantra and we will look at some of them uh, there is one more thing about this tantra uh, even last time we were discussing about it that mostly tantra is misunderstood it is not very well known and the reason for that is that it is a very high and it is a very pure science it is so subtle that the mind is unable to comprehend it it is said that even like even if we take einstein's theory albert einstein's theory many of us like almost all of us have read about it but it is said that very very few people actually understand it and the reason is that it is so high it is not easy for any particular mind to understand it a normal mind cannot understand what that theory is all about okay a very strong training is required and tantra is something which goes even higher so to understand something which is so subtle you have to be even more subtler you have to be something beyond that so that you can understand it or at least at that level to understand it like even when we measure a temperature or any let's say measure so that that particular instrument which is measuring the temperature has to be at a subtler at a higher level because then only it can measure it so to understand tantra the masses would not be able to do so and because whatever is not understood is generally misunderstood isn't it 
whatever we can't understand there is a very high possibility that it will be misunderstood and that's exactly what has happened with tantra as well uh, that we have misunderstood it and also because uh, tantra we have already discussed it is a science so science means that it is a moral a moral meaning uh, it is not concerned right it is not uh, moral or immoral it is not concerned whether it goes to a person a saint or a sinner it is not bothered whether it is helping a thief or it is helping someone a good person just like you know a medicine if you give a medicine to a thief the medicine will not say oh i am not going to cure the thief i will only cure a saint because medicine is completely amoral so similarly tantra is amoral anyone who takes it can uh, you know work on it and definitely you know there are people who have practiced some lower kind of tantras and that's why tantra has become uh, you know has taken a negative connotation mostly but here when we are talking about vigyan bhairav tantra we are talking about the finest tantra the practices which have the uh, the practices which have the potential to take you beyond consciousness who can make you who have the potential to make you a shiva that is the kind of tantra that we are talking about over here there are 112 techniques but we are going to we'll look at at least one if we have time maybe we'll look at two and then we can have a couple of more sessions and discuss more out of these 112 techniques uh, or methods uh, they are on different topics okay so shiva has picked up almost every possible thing that can be used to take you beyond consciousness so there are uh, for example there are many which use breath then there are quite a few techniques which use chanting or mantra maximum uh, techniques are on desires and there are a lot of techniques which have uh, sex as the central theme then there are quite a few on focus how do you use focus uh, sight sound light logic consciousness omnipresence so you know there are some these broad categories and under each one of them there are uh, various techniques and he has used so many some of them are like so interesting it's like you know here is an opportunity for you to realize when you are meeting a long lost friend can you can you believe it like shiva telling parvati there is a there is a technique when you are meeting a friend there is a possibility there that you can realize when you are sneezing there is a there is an opportunity there for you to uh, realize this particular technique that i picked up because quite a few here most of us are uh, on the gyan marg and i thought it would be very interesting for uh, everybody to know this particular technique so we'll start from that okay and this technique is think of this world as an illusion think of this world as an illusion and osho tells us that this is a very rare technique okay it is not practiced so much uh, these are osho's words here but this is a technique which has been used a lot by shankara and of course his whole philosophy is based on this technique and that's the reason why i picked this up as the first one to discuss okay we all know that uh, on the path of knowledge we talk about illusion or maya and what does uh, shankar mean by this he says that everything is illusory whatsoever you are seeing hearing feeling so what is being said here that whatsoever you are seeing hearing feeling all is illusion it is not real and why is he saying it is not real because it cannot be contacted by the senses the senses cannot touch it right now next the thing is that i am speaking right now and you are listening to me i am speaking you are listening but can we say for sure that this is for real can we say that all of us are not in the dream right now we are all not dreaming there is no way of knowing whether we are this is real this is reality all of us are in a waking state i am really talking and you are really listening 
or is this a dream there is no way of knowing it says i may just be dreaming here and you may also be dreaming over here so how am i to know that this is not this is real and not a dream there is this very uh, common story very famous story of chuang zu it is said you know he was a great uh, master and one night he dreamt that he had become a butterfly so in the morning when he woke up he was he was very sad and uh, he was not a man to have known you know sadness he was never known to be sad so his disciples gathered around him and they said chuangzu master why are you so sad what has happened to you and he said because of a dream so said they all laughed because of a dream you are sad you are the one who's always teaching us not to be sad even if the whole world is sad whatever may happen don't ever be sad and you are saying just because of one dream you have become sad what are you talking about uh, chuangzu said you know it is such a dream that it it is causing me a lot of confusion sadness because in my dream i dreamt that i had become a butterfly so the disciple said what's the big deal about it that you are thinking you are a butterfly so he said no but it is a very big puzzle if i can dream that i have become a butterfly then even the reverse is possible isn't it maybe the butterfly is dreaming that i am chuangzu it is quite possible how do i know that what is right or what is wrong how do i know that chuangzu is had become a butterfly or butterfly has become chuangzu if you see see someone who is a questioning mind very uh, deep thought into this that if one is possible then the other is also possible so now how to know that what is real and we have a very similar story also of janak if you all remember that uh, you know king janak also dreamt one night that he had become very poor and beggar and he had the same question which he asked ashwakar that uh, i am very confused i don't know if i am the king who had become the beggar or is it the beggar who is dreaming that who is the king so who is real is the king real or the beggar real now we all know that what chuangzu is missing over here isn't it that even neither the butterfly is real nor chuangzu is real but that is what he is not getting over here but then the whole idea of this particular technique is that uh, if you start seeing everything like it is an illusion then there is a very high possibility just by seeing everything is an illusion you will actually be able to see that it is an illusion there is a there is a gap that will come you know right now the world looks too real and it is not about just like uh, repeating in your head that the world is an illusion that the world is an illusion no that is not going to help uh, that is not what it is all about it is actually being able to see that this world is an illusion so what does that mean that the senses actually do not know that what they are confronting whether it is real or whether it is unreal and that is what is called as the maya and there is another uh, definition here which osho uses of the word illusion which i really like like mostly we say illusion is that it is unreal isn't it it is unreal or it is changing but he says illusion means an impossibility to decide whether it is real or unreal an impossibility to decide whether it is real or unreal it does not mean that illusion means unreal he is not putting it like that that you cannot decide like even yesterday uh, all of you who attended guruji's satsang he was talking about that at a particular stage for a seeker there is no difference between waking and dreaming and sleeping right and especially no waking dreaming and projected states because each one of them 
is has more or less the same kind of uh, uh, feel and even in the those who have done those experiments would know that even in the waking you are not sure whether you are dreaming or waking or even in the dream you are not sure so and how are we doing that how are we getting to know that even there we are doing an experiment even there uh, all of those who are on uh, step 4 of path of knowledge what is that step 4 is that gyan mark is that path of knowledge uh, rajiv is saying no madhuri is saying experimenting yes it is experimenting it's tantra yes and what is experimentation it is science so path of knowledge actually ends with the examination isn't it what does path of knowledge tell us it explains very nicely that this world is an illusion isn't it that is what we get to know that gets covered in step 2 itself that the world is an illusion but is listening to that enough or even contemplating on it enough no it is not the third thing that comes is the abiding being able to live in that nididhyasan and if one is not able to get that then you do all the experiments so even when we talk about different paths there are certain paths where you do the practices first you do the experiments first and you get an experience and then you come on the path of knowledge and understand what that experience meant okay so there is this good marriage of the experience and the knowledge or you can go the other way round where you get the knowledge and then you do the experiments so what we are doing on step 4 is actually this what this book is telling us what uh, book of secrets or this vigyan bhairav tantra is telling us is what is there on step 4 the moment we are telling anyone that okay you need to be in awareness when we say oh stay in awareness isn't it we are telling each other all the time any question comes we say oh be a witness Uh, don't identify with it be a witness being a witness what does that mean that's a technique that is we are using the tantra which is given over here okay actually why do we need awareness techniques one way of saying it is that once you understand that the world is an illusion it is over right it is about being and awareness techniques also don't last forever it's not that you have to be in awareness all the times after being in awareness it's about like just being so one can for somebody it can happen just after step 2 that you know uh, it's about being but for a lot of us mostly it is about being in awareness practicing that awareness so we are doing the practice after the knowledge what are we learning on this technique that whole world is maya it is an illusion illusion meaning that we cannot decide whether it is real or unreal there is no way of knowing whether right now i am in waking or dreaming yes i may still you know my mind may still tell me that i am in a waking state which is okay but the thing is if you look deeply and there are moments when it is very difficult to make out whether this is a dream or this is real and we know that all of it is a dream whether it is waking whether it is dreaming or whether it is projected states so this whole world is a confusion and you can never be decisive about it you can never be decisive about it it is always escaping always changing turning into something else um, and you know like uh, in the same uh, book in the same chapter because this was again a conversation that uh, Osho was having with many of his disciples there is uh, one person who asked this question and i quite like this question and it may be a question for many of us that if this world is an illusion in this reference please explain the role of the guru if everything is an illusion if you say that this world is an illusion then what is the role of the guru here is guru also an illusion so this is a question i would like to ask all of you over here what do you think what answer will you give to it after listening to this technique the person is asking 
if everything is an illusion think of this world as an illusion then how should i look at my guru is my guru also an illusion satya is saying yes shubham is saying guru is also illusion and sorry guru ji <laughs> so are you you are saying sorry to the illusion shubham sanjay is saying guru as a person is illusion madhuri is saying oneness it's me only appearing different Graham is saying yes, but an illusion. Who admits he is an illusion? So not lying. Madhuri is saying whatever is perceived is illusion. Pandurang is saying Guru, the person who is questioning and the question, all illusion. Okay, so all of them. Subhash is saying you Guru Vyakti is an illusion, but Guru Tattu is not an illusion. Okay. Okay. Yes, all of you are right, and. the thing is that until the world is real for you okay until you do not see this world as an illusion until then guru is also very real isn't it as long as the world is real for you the guru is real and guru is very important here what the questioner is doing is he is saying okay the world is an illusion but is the guru true if the world is true for you then the guru is also true for you absolutely and guru is required in you can say it like that that in the world the guru is the one who will wake you up he just like you know in the morning when we wake up we put an alarm right and the alarm will wake us up some of us in our own mind we may just decide and i'm sure many of you must have tried that that if you just put it in your head i am going to wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning and we do get up isn't it we there is something inside which wakes us up at 5 o'clock or some of us may tell somebody that okay please wake us up okay as long as we are sleeping we need to have a device we need to have something which will wake us up so as long as the world is appearing real to me guru is also real and guru is the most important person who is there in your world because he or she only is going to wake you up so it is very important now the interesting part is that the moment the moment this world will become an illusion to you in reality not because you have heard it is an illusion and actually in india that's a big problem in india everyone even a small child can say that this world is an illusion we have repeated it so much so much but nobody knows it right we have just repeated it repeatedly said it parrot like that everything is an illusion but it is not a growth we we are still everybody is still sleeping they are just repeating it the moment this happens to you that the world will become an illusion in that moment guru will also disappear you see the guru will disappear so that's the beauty there will be no difference between the guru and the disciple they will become one so when the world be- will become an illusion for you in reality at that point guru is also an illusion but until the time world is real the guru is very very much real Okay, Rajiv is saying between dialogue of Shiva and Parvati, it's Shiva which is Guru. So we can't say world as illusion disappears. So does Guru. So you are saying uh, Guru will still remain, the world will disappear, but the Guru will remain. Who will be the Guru now, Rajiv? What will remain? Madhuri is saying, "Are the awareness practices we are doing also part of tantra?" Yes, they are techniques. See, tantra simply means technique, Madhuri. So, if we are doing a practice, that means we are doing a technique. The path of knowledge, as Guruji always says, and we all know, is a pathless path. Right? The moment the knowledge is told to you, you get it, and it's over. if after that you have to do something that's not path of knowledge path of knowledge ends over there okay rajiv is saying yes when two merges what remains is guru 
if something is still considered as remaining either there is nothing remaining or if there is something remaining then how would one express that surely we say it's brahm but is not it that guru is that same i don't want to answer this question rajiv for you you already know the answer again getting caught in words just look at it this way when the world disappears what remains kanika is saying after realization illusion left to explore yes and that is never ending isn't it the illusion one can go on and on about it okay satya has given an answer for rajiv guru is real in duality only i exist in non duality there ashwin has given the answer guru cannot exist without seeker and you know like specially here when we are discussing vigyan bhairav tantra i would not want to get into a logical statement or an argument it's all about realizing isn't it so we have to just find it at our own thing so okay i'm asking the audience over here do you want to do one more technique quickly maybe 10 15 minutes or do we do it in the next session yes yes means that we do it okay one more technique all right great wonderful this one uh, osho says is one of the simplest techniques okay the one which we did earlier see the world as an illusion he said this is the rarest of the techniques i'm only quoting osho over here okay i have no idea about it and this one he says is the easiest one and which can be tried very very simply and this is the 98th technique in this particular book okay those who want to know it says in any in any easy position gradually pervade an area between the armpits into great peace okay i'll just repeat it and then i'll simplify it what is he saying in any easy position gradually pervade an area between the armpits into great peace so first is in any easy position so how he has explained it is that you need to take a little relaxed body position okay and maybe why don't we all try it if all of you are free and maybe can take out 5 minutes we can actually do it instead of just talking about it okay very very simple so what we can do is just take a relaxed position uh, those who can do it can do it others can listen to it and maybe can try it later on just for fun you take a relaxed position whether you are sitting or whether you are lying down the only thing is that the body should be in a relaxed state and then what you do is just so that is the first part in any easy position you just close your eyes and just scan a little the body over the body okay scan it from head to toes and see nothing should be like tense or in an uncomfortable position get a little comfortable okay if there is a tension anywhere just mentally uh, tell that particular body part relax and that's it just be in a very relaxed state and especially he says when you are relaxing it's important to relax the face muscles because 90% of our tension lies in the face muscles so we can just be a little aware of the face and relax it once we are in that easy posture just you know forget about the body don't give too much importance to it now pervade the area between two armpits now what is that area between the two armpits you know just see where your armpits are and come in the center it will be something where we see where our heart is and it's the center not the heart on the left side of the body not there okay the center the heart chakra where we say the heart chakra is okay that particular area he says just come over there the area between the two armpits so it's just somewhere you know in the Uh, middle of the chest but slightly above it and in this particular area bring your total attention total attention to this area so first relax the body relax your face muscles ensure that there is no tension anywhere 
and then just come in this area between two armpits which is actually your heart center slightly above the heart area where we see bring your total attention and awareness and let's stay there all of us 2 minutes in silence all right great now here it is advised that just doing this practice okay putting all your attention in this particular area and to start with osho advises 10 minutes in the night and 10 minutes first thing in the morning and he says great peace will come to you and there will be nice beautiful changes in your life it's a very very powerful technique because the peace okay in in the heart when we talk about love this is the center also for peace and once you start focusing on this area when the attention is brought over here such peace is felt that in that peace the illusion the world the unreal basically it starts becoming further and further away from you it does not impact you so much it does not bother you so much you are able to maintain a distance between who you are and what is unreal there is a distance that slowly comes between the real and the unreal because my essential nature is peace i am peaceful with this technique especially for those who may not have known that this technique helps you get the glimpse of that peace which is there he also says it is excellent technique for those who uh, who have sleeping problems because then one will have a very very peaceful sleep because this is the area which is the source of peace and here you are not creating anything you are simply coming to the source which is already there this is not getting created we are not imagining uh, there is nothing which you are trying to do and you know that is another beautiful thing about tantra we are just using what is available and this awareness practice it is about becoming aware of that particular center which is the source and the peace will emanate so we are not making or doing anything just being aware that that itself just attending to it even if we don't know how to be aware we all know how to put attention to it 
that just giving the attention itself is is what is going to help so again nothing which we need to uh, understand just doing this technique maybe some of you can try it and uh, then you know let us know how if if that helped you okay madhuri is saying if i am already sleeping well any time then also i may practice it yes being able to sleep well is just a additional thing okay it's just a very small sub goal sub benefit of doing this technique the main technique is that it takes you to the source where all the peace is here the purpose of the technique is to actually take you beyond the mind beyond consciousness that is what we heard right vigyan bhairav tantra the technique to go beyond consciousness that is the purpose they are leading to awareness and also beyond awareness that is how it is because in these what is given very clearly is that awareness or consciousness is also part of the duality isn't it when i say that i am aware or i am watching it still maybe one finest layer which is working but it's still part of the mind it's still part of the chit isn't it the awareness these techniques are to take you be beyond both the unconscious and the conscious even beyond awareness maybe next session we'll do one more session and try a couple of more techniques which are like safe and which can still help us either we can do that to realize or we can even do them just to experiment and have fun and osho has said that in these 112 techniques there is something for everyone because no technique goes out of these in fact he has even advised for newcomers seekers who have not found a spiritual path as yet they can actually try these techniques he says try each one for 3 months until you come to the one which works for you because definitely there is one which works for you i have tried quite a few from here quite a few until i realized that uh, the kriya yoga that i have been practicing so you know those seven or eight things is actually a combination of techniques from here one of those you know which has worked for me i would like to share with all of you okay satya is saying one common technique is finding the gap between in breath and out breath yes you are right and in fact breathing techniques are the very first ones Uh, the first technique which has been given in these hundred and twelve is on uh, breath, which is that uh, what 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 we is commonly known as vipassana. No, I I always you know forget how to pronounce that uh, term, but vipassana, that watching the breath, that is the first one. Anapansati. Anapansati. Okay, anapansati. Yeah, right, right. Anapansati. Thank you. Yes, that's the first one. there are a lot of techniques on breathing and uh, we'll also do that what is the difference between yogic techniques and tantric techniques there is a very fine difference while there is also something common there is also a difference between them and some of them them look very same right so we think of uh, this uh, vipassana technique this uh, anapansati dhyan as yoga right consider that as yoga but actually that also comes under tantra so there are quite a few things which are overlapping over here so just for information sake i think that would also be good to know so we'll do that next time i'll just wait for a few more seconds in case somebody wants to ask or share anything yes one tell me okay so your question is if we are already working top to bottom from ultimate truth of witness then where do these techniques fall very good question so if we are already working top to bottom if we are at the top right what is the top that is the pathless path there the knowledge is just given in a few seconds seconds okay and that's it that's the end of it or you know which can happen through knowledge which happens what we actually say is grace right the grace happens whether through words whether through a look by the guru it could be a shakti path there can be so many ways that that particular grace can happen to you then it is over it is done right these techniques fall when you may have understood it and now i'm talking about top to bottom approach since you spoke about that 
these techniques come if you have understood it intellectually let's say uh, when path of knowledge we say that uh, listening contemplating and abiding that you have listened you have contemplated but it has not transformed you right you say okay i know that i am brahman i know that i am shiva and that this world is an illusion even that the logic proves it you know i get it i get it completely i understand it but it is not transforming my life right i'm still the same person there is nothing new i still get caught i still you know like there is nothing which has changed for me it is only at an intellectual level then these techniques come in then these techniques help you to abide in that to actually realize that right that is where they come and even on path of knowledge that is what uh, the whole program is and i said what we are doing on step 4 in path of knowledge is not path of knowledge but we are doing these techniques okay sanjay has a question of the 112 techniques how to identify the technique which is most suitable to be adopted yes that's exactly what i said sanjay earlier that you have to experiment and try that is what osho is advising right sometimes uh, your guru can also tell you which will be most suitable for you uh, once your guru knows you you can do a little bit of self evaluation or you can even like read through them and see which ones are appealing you don't need to try all 112 right that would take a lot of time but you can still sift through them take an intelligent uh, uh, check that okay i think this is the one i would like to try and although osho has said 3 months and i would agree i would say sometimes even one week is enough to at least give you a glimpse you know little bit of uh, whatever techniques works for you and you know what is the technique that is going to work for you i think the technique which you have practiced earlier and when i say earlier i don't even mean in this birth right uh, if we have come until this point on this there is so much of curiosity that we have come towards walking on the path of self realization then definitely there is something we have practiced earlier which will be there somewhere uh, in okay in your memory and once you will do that technique that technique there will be a sudden recognition a remembrance of the same and you will know oh, this is the technique that is working for me at least this is my experience okay so you can just try few of them uh, go through them and see which one is appealing and try them that is the best way okay one is saying do these help in stabilization stabilization of what of knowledge heard first time okay so let me put it this way if the technique works for you and you get it right if you are able to go beyond consciousness that itself will stay with you forever okay that cannot be lost ever that is the purpose of the technique so there is no stabilization there is no need of stabilization after that but if we are talking about stabilization from the purpose of this creature creature will you know take its own time but it wouldn't matter at all right when i say creature that means this mind body mechanism the mind body mechanism may take its own time to uh, be stabilized in that knowledge but that really does not matter stabilization as in returning to knowledge see if you if it happens through the technique you will just abide in it why do we need to return we need to return because i may have forgotten isn't it and when am i going to forget i will forget only if it is just theory for me if it is uh, still intellectual for me then there is a chance of forgetting like uh, you know the example that guruji always gives touching the hot pan once you have touched the hot pan you never forget isn't it but if you have only heard that there is a hot pan and it is very hot and if you touch it then it burns your hand burns then there is a very big possibility that you may forget and you need to remember that is the way i would put it maybe somebody else may have a different answer to it i hope i answered your question one okay great wonderful thank you 
so thank you everyone for joining in attending the session listening participating i hope it helped you in some or the other way you enjoyed and uh, the next session also we will continue we will do a couple of more interesting practices we'll do on breathing i know actually 9 to 10 i don't know for how many people it works out for you that we can actually do the practice but these are things which shouldn't be just you know discussed or listened to but to be practiced so i would really like to practice maybe we can do a couple of uh, breathing exercises so thank you so much and i'm going to see you again next thursday thank you